0: And my stepfather sent me something um, this week, and I never thought of it this way, but I think we should try it. Before the clock strikes midnight tonight, everyone should lift their left leg up as high as you can. You know why? She can start the new year off on the right foot. Thank you very much. And no? Cameron, no? No? You like that one? I know you like something about that one. All right, you can go back to sleep. All right, we're here in Jeremiah twenty-nine. <laughs> Thank the Lord for us. It. It's good. I mean, what a twenty twenty-three. I remember the first Sunday in twenty twenty-three because it actually fell on a New Year's. If you guys remember that, and the Damons came for the first time. Um, it was New Year. What a what a start to the New Year. And you remember my sermon that I preached on? Every word of it. Every word of it. Amen. <laughs> because <laughs> I was thinking I don't even remember it, but anyway. Uh, Um, Just what a a blessing. We didn't know. We didn't know what God had in in 2023 um, when we started the year off. And and I think about um, some of the things, the surprises, the challenges, um, the blessings of the year. Uh, the the people that God has has brought, people that have come and then moved away. The Didi family were here and they're gone. Military people like to come and and, and and we fall in love with them and then they leave us and they go somewhere else. But it's great that they're off somewhere else serving the Lord. And Emma left us this year and um, unbelievable. And it seems like it was a long time ago, but it was just this year that you you walked away and that ship has sailed. And you know we think about. <laughs> Different things about what the Lord has done. Um, the surprises. I remember in January not knowing how Johnny was going to be able to go to college. We didn't. We didn't know how God was going to provide for that. And the Daniel Fund came in uh, in March, and and praise the Lord for that. And just so many different things that I I, I think about that God has led in this year. Uh, the surprises. The surgeries. <laughs> Uh, unbelievable, open heart surgeries that people have had, um, the uh, the foot surgeries, the different things, the back surgeries, the uh, the cancer that has come um, uh, and hit a couple of the people in our church. Uh, we're a small church, but amazing the different things that have happened uh, through this year. Dan went to be with the Lord and, and Terry Miller, one of the founders here, uh, went to, to be with the Lord. And so different things have happened. Are you ready for 2024. Do you know what's going to happen in 2024? I mean, aren't you glad that God didn't tell us all this on January 1st? Right? That he didn't tell us the demons were coming? I praise God for that. And it's been such a blessing. But there's so many things we don't know. Um, And I I think about that. And I thought about some different models for 2024. Uh, Somebody more in 2024. You know, more about Jesus, more witnessing, more, you know, I don't know if that's a good motto. I don't know different things. I just know that God knows what he's doing. And I'm glad he hasn't told us everything about it. And I want to encourage you as we look at Jeremiah 29. In the midst of a world that is so uncertain and we just don't know, I want to encourage you from the scriptures here of how we ought to live in a world like that. This is a wonderful passage of scripture because some of you understand that the historical context of this, that the the people of Israel did two evils. You remember Jeremiah 20, uh, I'm sorry, chapter 2, verse 13, where he tells the people, My people have done two evils, two of them. They have forsaken me. The the fountain of living waters where they can be satisfied. They have forsaken me and they have made for themselves cisterns, cisterns that don't hold water. And so what have they done? They have forsaken God and, and they have tried to satisfy their lives with things that are not God. And let me just tell you something. We will never be satisfied when we try to satisfy our lives with things that are temporal. And they've done these two evils, and Jeremiah preached to them, and Jeremiah preached to them, and told them they need to repent, and they need to repent, or they're gonna go into captivity. And did they listen? Nope. And what happened? They went into captivity. And now they're living about a thousand miles, hundreds of miles away from their land. They're living in a ghetto, they have no homes. And they're living in a pagan land. And Jeremiah writes Jeremiah 29 to encourage them. This is an amazing context of this, of this scripture here. And he's going to tell them, in the midst of this pagan land that you're living in, under the very judgment of God, you've been exiled because you won't listen to God. Here's how you ought to live. And he's going to tell them in, in verses 5 and on, he's going to tell them to establish a kingdom presence there. Make the most of their time. And then we're going to see in verses 8 to 10, they're going to listen to the right voices. They need to listen to the right voices. And then in verses 11 to to 14, we're going to see here, Lord willing, that they need to trust in God's long-term plans here, which is very hard. Look at this with me. The first thing he's going to say is, in the midst of all this, we need to establish a kingdom presence wherever God puts us. Watch this in verse 5. He says, to build houses and live in them, plant gardens, and eat their produce. In other words, establish yourselves where you are. Wait a minute, we're in a pagan land. He says, sit back, you're going to be there a while. We're going to see here in a moment, 70 years. Build houses, invest in the place that you are, live in them, plant gardens in them, Eat, eat produce, work, work. Look what he says in verse six. I love this verse. Take wives and become the fathers of sons and daughters. Notice this next part. Take wives for who? For your sons. Know what he's telling you? Help your son pick out a wife. All right? Hey, no amens here? You know, especially by Johnny here. But anyway, but you know, help help your sons pick out a. Sometimes they need a little nudge in the right direction, you know. Help them pick it out. Give your daughters to what? To husbands. Oh, I can't wait for that moment. You know what I mean? When we, if God ever allows that to happen, um, I start to worry here. But anyway, give, give, give your daughters to husbands. Why is he saying that? He's saying establish families. If we want to impact a society, we need to have godly families that will impact the society. So he's saying here, don't just sit there, build homes, marry, don't decrease, multiply there in the verse. And, and here's what's interesting. In, in the war, it, before you can go to war, here's, what, here's what's interesting that's interesting. That if you wanted to get out of a war and you were a Jewish person, you know how you could do that? Build a house. Ready for this? Plant a garden and marry. And here's what he's saying here. He's saying this is not a time for war with the society. This is a time for you to settle down. And, and, and here it is in verse 7. Here's where we miss it. He says, you ought to seek the welfare of the city. You ought to seek the shalom of the city. Instead of moping about the past, Instead of complaining about society, which people are so, it's amazing how we can complain about the society and say, look at this land I live in and I can care less about this and about that. And look at the world, it's going to pot and all this. And we say all these things. Notice what he says here. We are to seek the shalom of the place that God has put us. The shalom of the city, which means the total well-being, social and spiritual. We ought to do something to impact the city. Now, here's our reaction. I want you to turn with me to Psalm 137. Here's what we do. People like to mope, right? Are you a moper? Any amens? Mope, mope, mope. Let's go to Psalm 137. This, this, is, this is a psalm for mopers, all right? I want to show you something here. Look at this here. I heard of the kid that was moping, 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 everything moping on a Thursday, and the father goes, stop moping on a Thursday. Just wait two days, Because why? Because in two days, it'll be a sadder day. No? Okay. Stop moping about that joke. Here we go. Psalm 137. Here's what happens to people when they start to look around at their circumstances and begin to mope. Here's what they do. They, They go into the captivity of Babylon and look what they say here. By the rivers of Babylon, verse 1, there we sat down and wept. They're moping. When we remembered Zion, oh, wasn't it beautiful, the lands we have? Now we're in this place, we got no homes, we got nothing, and we're living in a pagan land, they're moping. Look at verse 2. Upon the willows, in the midst of it, we hung our harps. You know what they're saying? We can't even sing now. We can't even sing. It is so sad, the world we live in, we can't even sing. We're done singing. Look at this here. And our captives demanded of us songs. Not only that, they want us to sing in this pagan land. Sing us one of the songs of Zion. Can you imagine? They're in Babylon. Sing us one of those songs you used to sing when you were were in your hometown. Now look at this verse 4. How can we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? You see it? Now, let's go back to Jeremiah. You know what Jeremiah says? You build. You plant. You marry. You establish yourself. And you do something for the city that God has put you in. And you seek with all your heart, as we're going to see here in a moment, you seek the shalom, the spiritual and social welfare for the pagan city that you're in. Man, this is, this is powerful. You know why? Because Christians love to seclude themselves, love to complain about this society, and love to do nothing about it. I was watching Arnold Schwarzenegger, because I can relate to him. Not one amen, wow, this is a rough one. I mean, Katie hates when I do Arnold Schwarzenegger. She even made me leave the house one time, and I said, don't worry, baby, I'll be back. But anyway, Arnold Schwarzenegger said something amazing. There were potholes in the street. You know what Arnold Schwarzenegger did? He got out of his house, He bought asphalt, and he filled the potholes. He said, instead of complaining about this, do something. Instead of complaining about this world, people are worried about the schools. Do something. You're worried about this. Do something. Don't just sit back and seclude ourselves and say, oh, we're Christians. We We got to live here. And while we live here, we ought to be doing something that promotes the very welfare of the very community that we live in. Look at this here. Look what he says here in verse 7. Seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile. Establish a kingdom presence there. Do you know why the world is the way it is? Because Christians are backing away. And not only that, we're the prey to the Lord on its behalf and ask God to do something. In the work in hearts. Because here's why. Look at verse 7. When the city is doing well for in its welfare, when it has shalom, guess what you will have? You will have shalom. But if we back out and we don't do anything, how can we expect God to change the very place that we're in? I got this beautiful card from Whitefield High School. She writes, Pastor Jeremy, Thank you for the overly generous donation of your church. Many families were brought to tears by the gift card on top of the food. 38 families are going to have an opportunity to rest and have a joy-filled season due to you guys. Thank you for continuing to be the hands and feet of Jesus. I am eternally grateful. Widefield High School. That is Widefield Community Bible Church. Seeking the shalom of this city. How are you doing it? Are you praying for it? Are you complaining about it? Moping about how it used to be? Or are you actually doing something about Colorado Springs, Whitefield and Fountain? He says, the first thing I want you to do here in verses 5 to 7, I want you to establish a kingdom presence where God has put you at. Now, look at the next verses. I I love these. We need to listen to the right voices. We need to be careful about who we listen to. Notice this here. And in in verse 8, he says here, For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Do not let your prophets who are in your midst and your diviners, What? deceive you. Don't let him do that. And here's what was happening in the context. There was a prophet named Hananiah, and he was saying this. You're only going to be in the land two years. Don't build, don't plant, don't marry. God's going to get you out. He offered a quick fix to their problems. And guess what happened to Hananiah? You want to know what happened to him? He, he prophesied that, and then the Lord killed him. That doesn't happen nowadays. But here's what he's saying. Don't, and I think there's a song named this. Don't fall in love with a dreamer. All right? Now look at this here. Do not listen to the dreams which they dream. Here's why. Verse 9. For they prophesy falsely to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. you want to know what a false prophet is? A false prophet is someone who gives you false hope based on a false god. They are not sent by God, but they love to give you quick fixes to your problems. Politicians do this all the time. Is your economy bad? Oh, don't worry. I'm going to come in. I'm going to fix it. And you're going to have the best economy ever. Amen? The new president of uh, Argentina now promised all these things that he's going to do. The country right now is in one of the worst positions it's ever been in. There are no quick fixes. We need to be very careful of the promising things that God has never promised and listening to those things. Somebody has cancer. Oh, don't worry. God's going to get rid of your cancer. We don't know that. Or are you struggling financially? Don't worry. God's going to help you financially. Or did you have surgery? You're going to come at it okay. Don't worry about it. God, we don't know. Or one day you're going to get married. I don't know if they're going to get married. I don't know if God has that in their plans. To give people false hope and false promises and quick fixes to things. Be very careful who we listen to. He says, don't do that. Don't go that way. They're out there. You you, want to listen to them. Don't do it. Don't listen to their dreams. (laughs) I had a dream about you the other day. I I had some dream. It was unbelievable. I saw you doing this and that and this. I just smile. Thank you. Next. I don't know what the dream means. It could be true. It could not be true. I don't know what God has. But here's what I do know in verse 10. Here's where our hope comes from. Look at this. We listen to the Lord. It says this, for thus says the Lord. Here's what's going to happen. He's going to tell him exactly what's going to happen. When 70 years has been completed for Babylon, 70 years, you say, why 70 years? Well, if you know the historical context of that, they were in the land for 490 years. God told them every seventh year you need to rest. Did they rest? No. 70 years because they did not obey God. He has a time period. Boy, I tell you, if if he was to tell us today that our lives are not going to change for 70 years, how would we react? 70 years! Chalmers' like, that's just a flash in the pan for me. Seventy years! I mean, holy cow! But look what he says here. There is a time when the Lord's righteous anger is over. And there is a time when he's going to restore. Look at this verse. This is a beautiful verse. He says this. I will visit you, verse 10, and I will fulfill my good word to you. Literally in the Hebrew, my gracious promise to you. I have a gracious promise to you. And here's what it is. In 70 years, this is going to end. And I am going to bring you back to this place. Here's what's amazing. Is, is God made a promise to them and 70 years. And it did happen. But here's, here's what the Jewish people are still waiting for to this day. For the Messiah to come and to establish his kingdom here on this earth. So that he, they can have real peace. They're still waiting. But here's what we need to do in verses 8 to 10. We need to listen to the right voices. Who are we listening to when it comes to our problems? Let's base it on the very word of God and what he has promised us. Now, you say, Jeremy, that doesn't change anything. Well, here it is. Look at this here in verse 11. This is incredible. In verse 11, this is one of the the verses that you'll find all of, this is like a Philippians four thirteen. I can do all things through Christ who strength. People love this verse. They have In fact, here's what's amazing. We were in New York City, and we were visiting my cousin who they don't go to church. No, none of them that I believe are saved. And she goes, our son went to college and he got a tattoo, Jeremy. And on that tattoo it says Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. And they said, what does that mean? Well, here's what it means. Let's look at it. Jeremiah 29, 11, one of the most quoted verses that people like to use here in the Old Testament. But what they don't understand is the very context of this. Here's what it's saying here. We need to trust in God's long-term plans. Now watch this. Verse 11, it says, for I, literally in the Hebrew, I is emphatic. I, the Lord, God, he's the one who knows the plans that he has for us. And here's what's amazing. He is the only one that knows the plans that he has for us. And one person said it well. If you want to make God laugh, you tell him what? Your plans. He has plans. Mind of man plans his heart, but the answer to tongue comes from the Lord. God knows the plans he has. You say, what kind of plans does he have? Look at it here in the verse, verse 11. He's the only one that knows, but he knows them. And he's planning them and thinking them out. And he's preparing them for us. Here it is in verse 11. The plans for what? For welfare. There's that word again, shalom. For completeness. For wholeness. God's plans will help us to be the person he wants us to be. Now, it doesn't say here in this verse that all the bad and hardship is going to come out of our lives. No. But what he is saying here is when he says not for calamity is that God is going to use even our pain to bring us to where we need to be. I remember uh, a young lady named Gina who was in our school, and um, she would have to walk up the stairs and she would grunt as she walked up the stairs because her legs were bent. And they would have to break her legs to fix her legs. And they would break them on a, 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 not just once, they would break them over and over again to help her to walk. And she would walk up and just grunt. And I would hear the grunting, oh, oh, ah. And she looked at me and she said this, Jeremy, I would never be this close to God if I didn't have this problem. But I want you to look at something here that we often miss. While God's promises are wonderful and beautiful, most of them are in the future. He says, I know the plans I have. God knows them. I have plans of welfare, your your wholeness there, your, your spiritual wholeness there, and not for calamity, to give you what? A future and a what? A hope. Do you see that? So what he's saying here is that there are future blessings waiting for us. And even though the future blessings don't negate our present pain, we can't forget this, our present pain do not negate the future blessings of God. So what he is saying here is there are a future blessings for us waiting for us. You say, When? God knows when. This is timing. I don't know when he's coming back. I'm excited. I don't know when it's going to happen. When Jesus looked at the disciples, he said this to him in John 14, 20. he said this, do not let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And then he tells them this, are you guys in trouble? I'm going to go prepare a place for you. When's that? Future. Future blessings. And so what he's saying in the midst of our present pain, we have to think about the future blessings of God and think of the long-term goals for God. And he's not about quick fixes. And he's not about just saying, okay, you're gonna have everything you want now. He's about wait for me, and in the future you will have hope, which is amazing. I was reading some more about this. and How do you tell somebody, well, you have no home now, you have no job now, you have no this now, and you're sick now, and you may be dying now. And, but don't worry, just trust in God. Here's what you tell them. God knows what he's doing. He has plans. God has plans for your full completeness. And you know what else God has? He has a hope and a future for you. You say, what should I do in return to that? Look at this verse here. How do we respond? This is what I love about this passage. Verse 12. We don't just sit back and wait for the rapture. We don't just say, okay, I'm just waiting for God to do something in my life. I'm just going to sit back and do nothing. No, look what it says here in verse 12. It says this, you are to call. We are to call upon him. We are to pray to him, come to him and pray to him. And look what it says in verse 12. God listens to our prayers. This is beautiful. We come to God. We we pray to God and, and, and he listens to us. This is, this is in contrast to when they were under the divine judgment and God said, you'll pray to me, but I'm not going to listen. No, here he says. Pray, pray, call upon me. I'll listen. Look at the next verse. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Don't miss this one. Because people say, I don't want to know what God is. I can't. Are you searching with your, all your heart? And when we search for God with all of our heart, you know what we're saying? We have an open heart here to receive and to accept our situation from God and make the most of our opportunity for his honor and for his glory. You see, some people seek God so that God will give them what they want. Oh, I'm going to come to church because I'm here for a blessing. And I want God to bless me, or I, I need a good marriage, so I'm going to pray today, and I'm going to go to the Bible, because I want God to give me, and they go to God like God is going to give them something. No, we go to God with an open heart, willing to receive whatever God wants to give to us. And if that means somebody who's close to us passes away, God, I accept it. If that means when I go to the doctor, I get the bad news that I don't want, God, I'm here, I accept it. My, my heart is open to you. You will find him when we search with a whole heart. This is not just coming on Sunday to hear a sermon and say, Amen, I'm searching God. That's not, search. this is a 24-7. This is a day-by-day walk with God. Because if we don't have that, 2024 is not going to do anything to us. We need a day by day walk with God with an open heart and say, God, do what you want with my life. Here I am. And I seek you. And here's what's amazing. Look at verse 14. He says, and I'll be found by you. You'll find me. And and, and notice this here. In, in verse 14, and I'll restore your fortunes and will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I have driven you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back to this place from where I sent you into exile. And while he did that temporarily, they're still waiting. And I'm here to tell you, God will do it. But we have to trust in his long-term plans. Amen. He knows what he's doing. And here's the problem. And, and this, this kind of made me sad when, when COVID hit. Some people said in COVID, you know, when COVID hit, my life didn't change at all. I still have the same life. Stay in my house. I don't do anything. I just stay there. When I go out, I don't go into the stores. I just go through the drive-thru. I can order it there. I get my medicine drive through Everything's drive through drive through Everything. They don't have to do it. They don't have to interact with anybody. And here's what's amazing. The day we live in now, you ever think we live in a day like this where we can go on the Amazon instead of going out into the thing and have the package the same day? Amen. We want everything now. God says we need to wait. There will come a time, and maybe we won't see it on this earth with our own eyes, but one day we'll see it when we're face to face with him. Maybe, maybe, maybe the cancer is going to last a little bit longer than we would like. Maybe, 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 maybe being without a job may last longer than we would like. Maybe not having a building is going to last a little bit longer than we would like. But God's timing is perfect. So what do I do? I tell you what we do. We establish ourselves in a place that God has put us. And we stop moping and complaining about the city we live in. And we try to make a difference by God's grace. I tell you what we do. We listen to the right voices. Fox News is not the right voice. We listen to God's word. We don't go and look for quick fixes and everything to figure out. We listen to what God has. And here's what we do. In the midst of our present pain, we remember the uh, the promises of the future. And we trust in God's long-term plans. And even though there's present pain, here's what's amazing. Nothing is going to stop those future blessings. They're guaranteed. Because our God knows the plans. And he will take care of us. You want to have a good 2024, I do. Here's what I've decided I want to do by God's grace. I want to make a kingdom impact right here in Whitefield. Oh, I can complain. I had to kick somebody out of the parking lot this week. I don't know what they were doing. Maybe doing drugs or something. I don't know what it was. Oh, I can complain about where we are right now, Dead End Street. You want to talk about it? We could talk about it all day. I want to make an impact for God's grace. I want to listen to the right voices. That means I got to be careful who I listen to. These quick fixes, these people promising things like that, we need to trust in God's word. And then here's the hardest part of this one. In 2024, I want to trust in God's long-term plans. There may be things that happen that I don't, and I know there are going to be things that happen that I don't like. But God has a plan. And he knows what he's doing. And so, Lord, here's our hearts. And here's our lives. Do with them what you want to do. We want to search Him with a whole heart. Not just this Sunday morning stuff. Every day, God coming before you and calling before you. What are your goals for 2024? Let's pray. Father, as I I look at this wonderful passage of Scripture, and, and I see amazing things in it, Lord, and I know that this is to the people of Israel, and you've made some great promises to them, and God, we can learn a lot about your character through it. Father, you do know the plans that you have, that you're planning for us. And your plans, Lord... They involve our well-being. You're going to do whatever it takes to help us to be more like your son. You never waste our pain. So God, I pray that you would uh, use this passage to help us to remember that our timetable is not your timetable. Our plans are not your plans. Our thoughts are not your thoughts. Your ways are higher than our ways and your thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So give us hearts to trust in you and not just look at short-term things and try to figure out 2024. Let us look beyond that and trust in you. God, you know what you're doing. You began a good work in us and you'll finish it. So we rest in your long-term plans. And God, help us to remember that when our present situation is not so pleasant, to remember how good of a God we have. Father, I pray for each one here. God, may 2024 be different. May us not sit around and just mope about the things of the past, but let us make a true impact in this community that you have put us in. We want to see hearts change and people change and, and living for you. God, use us to be the hands and feet of Jesus. We pray this in his name and for his glory. Amen. The Lord bless you. Make sure you say hello to Emma.